Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Let our rejoicing rise High as the listening skies Let it resound Loud as the rolling sea Sing a song Full of the faith that the dark past has taught us Sing a song Full of the hope that the present has brought us Facing the rising sun Of our new day begun Let us march on Till victory is won So, with that being said, I want to go ahead and um, introduce my engineer Jay Brown. He is going to be stepping in for Christine, aka CR Phrase. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. I am Jay Brown. You will hear my melodious voice from time to time. I wanted to start off this podcast with Juneteenth, with Juneteenth being just yesterday. I wanted to start the podcast off with. Our Negro National Anthem called Lift Every Voice. And that was written by James Weldon Johnson. And I believe it was his wife as well that co-wrote the song with him. I just wanted to sing the first verse. And I wanted to give you guys a couple of facts about this historical holiday, our historical holiday. And um, because it's very important, especially now with everything going on, that everyone has more education on Juneteenth and what it actually means. So I wanted to give you 10 facts about Juneteenth. So here are the 10 facts that I have learned about it. Fact number one, following the issuing of the Emancipation Proclamation, which was on January 1st, 1863. Not all enslaved people immediately found freedom. A lot of people don't know that. And, you know, the Emancipation Proclamation, that was um, during the time that Abraham Lincoln was the president of the United States. So the Emancipation Proclamation freed slaves in states then in rebellion against the United States. Union troops operating in said states gave teeth to the proclamation. This, however, did not apply to the border states. So that was mostly like the southern states like Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, the southern states, Texas. Fact number two, the Civil War ended in the summer of 1865. Union General Gordon Granger 
and his troops traveled to Galveston, Texas, to announce General Orders Number 3 on June the 19th, 1865. June 19th would go on to be known and celebrated as Juneteenth. So General Orders Number 3 stated, The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with the proclamation from the Executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. So we went from being slaves and working for free to being a hired labor, a worker. Fact number three. Part of General Order Number Three encouraged the newly freed people to remain with their past owners. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect a military post and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. Let's talk about that. I'm going to give all give you all the facts, but we just want to talk about this. So we basically went from being slaves to being called workers. Mind you, even though they started to get paid it was pretty much like minimum wage. It's like you basically working for peanuts. It's a, it wasn't enough to really make a living off. This is basically just to be like, okay, well, you're free, so I have to pay you. It wasn't a thing of, oh, well, you'll have enough to support your family. You're still being dependent on your previous slave owners. Now they're your employer. They're not your slave owner. They're not massa anymore. They're your employer. Right. Fact number four, the period after Juneteenth is known as the scatter. So undeterred by the recommendation to remain in place, many former slaves left the area during the original reading. In the following weeks, formerly enslaved people left Texas in great numbers to find family members and make their way and the postbellum United States. That came as far as scattered, that comes from pretty much, and this is a generational curse that has went on into the black community for centuries because while we were slaves, while our ancestors were slaves, the black man was taken from the home and everyone was separated because they wanted to keep us weak. Right. They didn't want us to band together and unite because they were afraid that they were going to lose their power. So that is how we were in bondage for so many years, for so many centuries, because of the separation. All right. So fact number five, we have Juneteenth has been celebrated under many names. It's been called Freedom Day. It's been called Jubilee, Jubilee Day. And Cell Liberation Day. 
Second Independence Day and Emancipation Day, just to name a few. Fact number six, Emancipation Park in Houston, Texas, was bought specifically to celebrate Juneteenth. So that's a 10-acre parcel of land that was purchased by former slaves Richard Allen, Richard Brock, Jack Yates, and Elias Dibble for $800 in 1872. I didn't know that. There's so many things that I did not know about Juneteenth. And I'm just coming into knowledge of it in most recent years. And it's kind of sad because I know it's a lot of people, black people in particular, that don't have a lot of education on Juneteenth and why we celebrate it and why we need to celebrate it and highlight it more. So fact number seven, during the early 20th century, Juneteenth celebrations were declined. The enactment of Jim Crow laws dampened the ce- celebration of freedom. In addition, the Great Depression forced many black farming families away from rural areas and into urban environments to seek work, resulting in difficulty taking the day off to celebrate. Fact number eight, the celebration of Juneteenth was revived during the Civil Rights Movement. So the Poor People's March, planned by Martin Luther King Jr., was purposely scheduled to coincide with the date. March participants took the celebrations back to their home states, and soon the holiday was reborn. Fact number nine, celebrations of Juneteenth continue today. Traditions include public readings of the Emancipation Proclamation, singing traditional songs, and reading of works by noted African-American writers. Celebrations can also take the form of rodeos, street fairs, cookouts, family reunions, park parties, historical reenactments, and Miss Juneteenth contests. There was a cookout in my neighborhood um, before I started to make my way over here to do the podcast. I noticed that. So it's good that we're celebrating this. It needs to be celebrated more. And fact number 10, 47 states and the District of Columbia recognized Juneteenth as either a state holiday or a ceremonial holiday, a day of observance. So New Hampshire became the latest state to formally recognize Juneteenth in 2019 took them long enough right (laughs) right this is the thing i'm like we knew about all this stuff in history that really wasn't relevant it's like you tried to hide history because of what Trying to hide it, I'm guessing it's like twofold. So we don't know our history. Yeah. And we don't know the uh, great acts that our people did. And also, maybe it's because of shame, as in, wow, I can't believe that we did that to these people. And we did it with no rhyme, no reason, with no purpose other than to keep them down and to keep them enslaved. 
pretty much to keep them under our thumbs. And the thing about it is, in today's society, the black man or the black woman is looked at as lazy or complacent. And we built this country. Yes, we did. You know what? I remember reading somewhere, it pretty much said that we weren't lazy until they had to pay us for our labor. Then all of a sudden it became, man, you want that much money or I have to pay you X amount of dollars to do this? You know what? I don't think you're working hard enough. I think you're lazy. Says the man that felt like you had to keep us in captivity. Take us from our homeland to work for you for free. For free. And build your houses. Raise your kids. Yeah. Black women breastfeeding your children. Yep. Hmm. But we lazy. <laughs> but we lazy. So, Jay, what does Juneteenth mean to you? Versus J- Juneteenth versus Independence Day. because. Years ago, I used to be excited about, you know, the 4th of July because me being like a tomboy, I grew up, you know, I was that girl. Like I had like female friends, but most of my friends were like guy friends and I was kind of rough around the edges and I still am. It's just like I'm still a girly girl, but the thug in me won't die, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. So... I would always, every year especially, I would make sure and I would ask, like, you know, Dad, Mama, can you make sure that we get fireworks? I want to pop the fireworks. But as I got older, especially when I crossed that line of being 18 and I had to, you know, pay for the stuff myself, the few, like those first (laughs) few years, you know, I would pay for it and stuff. And then it was like, as I got older... I started to see the meaning behind Independence Day. And I'm like, so what are we celebrating? Mm-hmm. Right. Because if I don't have it correct, I might not have it correct, but wasn't Independence Day prior to that, wasn't it like 1765 or something like that? You know what? That is a great question. Let me. Go to the Google and find out. And that's funny. Now I know more about Juneteenth than I do Independence Day. <laughs> that That's what I think about Independence Day. It's trash because that wasn't real freedom. You're right, man. It wasn't. It wasn't freedom for us. No. What do you, what do you think of Juneteenth? What does it mean to you? Um, well, to answer your question uh, about which came first, the 4th of July or Juneteenth, and it was the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. 1776 was the day America declared their independence, and as a country, we were free, but slaves were not. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until June 19th of 1865 when all the slaves were informed they had been freed. So... Juneteenth means a lot to me because even though Abraham Lincoln had had already passed the Emancipation Proclamation, I think it was two years prior, Mm -hmm. that you still had people that either were unaware of it in its entirety or that their 
slave masters kept on working or kept on working them as if nothing ever changed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because it was two years. I believe it was two, two years. years that passed by before they even got to Texas to let them know all those slaves that were in those southern states specifically. Because a lot of the states that were like up north, because that's why Harriet Tubman mm -hmm. went up north to different places like Philadelphia, New York, and all of them, because those were free states. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, well, it pretty much means that the last person that was asleep or that was unaware was informed or they woke up to know that, hey, you know what? We don't have to be someone else's property anymore. Now, granted, even though they abolished slavery, that all it really did was switch forms. So now instead of, instead of you having the last name of, you know, Mr. Brown or Mr. Washington, you know, now you're free to have your own last name and free to be with your family. But at the same time, it still left us dependent upon our former slave masters. And to this day, our people are still trying to climb from under that rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. We still are to this day because it's like we have gotten a lot further than we were, but we still have a lot. A long way. We have a long way. We still got a lot of work to do with everything that's still taking place with police brutality, murder, really, because mm -hmm. that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what took place with the whole situation that happened with George Floyd. Right. And from... My understanding, that guy actually knew George Floyd. So not only did you murder him, it's almost like you had a motive behind that. Yeah. It's almost like almost like it was premeditated. Yeah. Like maybe he planned that whenever I catch him out in the streets, I'm going to get him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe he said that. Or maybe it could have been something to the effect of, you know what? There he goes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make him feel this pain. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and from what I understand, uh, they said that they had a lot of words because George Floyd didn't like the way how he handled black people. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's understood. I mean, that's understandable. And seeing the results of that, yeah, he had every right to think what he thought because he saw a racist, pretty much. Yeah. Like, he saw you for who you were. And he didn't like it. And he didn't like it. Yeah. And you deserve <laughs> to reap the consequences that's coming to you. I, I don't know if they have convicted him or anything, but I know it's said because I was reading this article from people and it was saying that um, it's pretty much murder and manslaughter. So it is, it's just a lot going on. And it's just like before the murder of George Floyd, we also lost this young lady named Breonna Taylor. Uh, police had a no knock search warrant 
And from what Brianna Taylor's mother was saying, she didn't have any enemies or anything like that. And she was a paramedic, I believe. I but think, she she was an yeah. essential worker. Yeah. For sure. And um they did a home invasion and twenty-two shots rung out and eight of those shots hit her body. And she was killed in her own home and all she was doing was sleeping. See, that's uncalled for. It is. It is uncalled for. Like everything that's going on is just now coming to the light because it's now being recorded. It's been going on for centuries now. Yeah. But now that everyone is recording it and shedding light on it, now everybody that was doing it guilty of been getting away with this, getting away with murder for centuries they're getting caught. So now it's like, okay, so now we have evidence of racism and police brutality. We have no choice but to convict you now. And even with the convictions, it's just like we still have to hardball it and make sure that we stay on them about this because they could easily, oh, put in the public eye. Yeah, they got convicted for murder for second degree or third degree murder. But you never know who's behind them and who is in legislation, who's a judge or a lawyer that could get them released and they get away with it still. Like, you just never know. But um, I wanted to say her name, Brianna Taylor, and shed light on that because she, from my understanding, she there hasn't been a conviction from that. Uh, but we want to demand justice for Brianna. And so for that very reason, you can call the Louisville mayor. I'm going to give you guys the number to call in. The number is 502-574-2003. So that's 502-574-2003. And you can also call the Kentucky Attorney General. And that number is 502-696-5300. Again, that number is for the Attorney General in Kentucky. That number is 502-696-5300. This is something that I just really wanted to highlight and talk about uh, in light of the Black Lives Matter movement because it is important to really highlight that and talk about what's going on because, and first off, the reason that we're doing this, because one thing that other people, other people of other races want to say, all lives matter. All lives do matter, but when black lives are being taken for senseless reasons, for no reason, right? It doesn't matter what crime it is. Nobody deserves to have their life taken from them over petty crimes. I don't care if they stole something, stole a candy bar from the store. Arrest them, do what you need to do, and then go on about your business. Yep. And take them to jail or whatever. But to actually kill them because you feel like they just deserve to die because you don't like the color of their skin, that's wrong. That is. It is, it's wrong. 
Rayshard Brooks, he he was killed by a police officer in Atlanta at the Wendy's drive-thru. Yeah. So at least him, he was charged with murder in Atlanta. And then there's some more stuff going on where I see. You hear about that with the guy? He was like 24 years old. His name was Robert Fuller. No. What what happened? He was in California. Oh, the guy um, that they found hanging from a tree. Yeah. Yeah. And they tried to say that he committed suicide. Who do you know? Is it even humanly possible to hang themselves from a tree? Come on, man. Yeah. I done heard stories when my grandmother done sat up there and told me where she done saw a man hanging from a tree. Mm-hmm. Like, my grandmother's about to be 80. Like, there ain't no way you're gonna hang yourself from a tree. I'm like, come on now, don't don't be stupid. Y'all know, y'all know that y'all killed that man. Y'all know, let's not highlight that, but I, I'll go on and say it. I'm not gonna say it was the KKK, but that's KKK activity for sure. Something that bothers me every time black person gets stopped by the cops, right? Right. Whether it's a taillight out, tinted with window tint being too dark, no one should have to die from a traffic stop. Right. You know? And and honestly, I don't care if someone has 15 guns inside their car. If they got 15 guns in their trunk, why do they have to get shot? You know? Obviously, if the guns are in the trunk of the car, they obviously couldn't have been shooting the guns at the police officer. You know what I mean? That, that I mean, like, things like that just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't feel like anybody should die from a traffic stop. No one. What was the name of the guy that was sitting inside the car with his I think his girlfriend or his wife and their and their child was in the back and the police officer asked the guy to I think reach into the glove box or something and mm-hmm. get his uh documentation or reach mm-hmm. for his ID and as soon as he reached for it the cop shot him. I think this happened if not last year it might have been in 2018 or 2017. I can't remember the guy's name, but that guy did everything the policeman asked him to do and still wound up getting shot and killed right in front of his girlfriend and his kid. So from that point, it's just like the cops need to be reprimanded because, number one, they train you. I have a stepbrother that is a sheriff. Yeah. They train you on how to handle different situations. This is not in the book. Like you you doing what you want to do pretty yeah. much because why are you shooting someone who's in compliance with what you're asking from them? He you asked for a license and registration. Hands up. Okay. You see that I'm reaching for. I'm not reaching for a gun. I'm reaching for the very thing that you asked me for. Yeah. So why are you so trigger ready to shoot me? And I'm just giving you what you asked me for. Yeah. You just wanted to have a reason to shoot somebody. Whatever is going on in your psyche, you feel like I just need to die at this particular moment. Yep. For some odd reason, they're 
answer is always, I feared for my life. How could you fear for your life when the person's hands are up in the air and they fear for their life? And, and by the way, the guy that I was referring to is Philando um, Castillo. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Philando Castillo. He got shot four times in front of his girlfriend. And his girlfriend had live streamed it. So pretty much everybody, everybody's seen at least the aftermath of it or seen it taking place, something like that. When is it going to end? You know, we're, we're uh, celebrating Juneteenth, but things like that serve to put a, a damper on that entire holiday. Right. It's mind-boggling. And like you said earlier, you know, nowadays we're able to see a whole lot more of it, but to me, it's still not doing anything. They made the taxpayers pay for body cams to see what's going on, and now you're seeing what's going on, and it's still an issue. The officers' actions were justified. I don't see how it's justified to shoot somebody who doesn't have a weapon in their hand. And, and, and even with that, I'm more of the type of, even if they have a weapon in their hand, these guys are taught how to disarm a person or talk the person down. You know, get them to put the get them to put the weapon down. Yes. And there's a huge difference in you arresting someone of a different race. You don't do that with white people. Other Caucasian people, you're not doing this type of thing. Yeah. You're not it's just us as black people as a whole. All of these people that have died in recent years that have been documented and recorded were unarmed. Yeah. Unarmed people, man. Gone. You're not sympathetic with the fact that you're taking somebody's son, you're taking somebody's daughter, you're taking somebody's niece, somebody's aunt, somebody's uncle, somebody's brother, somebody's sister, somebody's mother, somebody's father. What if somebody did that to you or somebody in your family? How would you feel? That's right. How would you feel? Think about that. How would you feel? Even that that right there puts a damper on Juneteenth. You know what I mean? Black Lives Matter. And we're talking about Juneteenth, but we can't even really focus on Juneteenth on us getting on on black people becoming free because of what's going on with with the crooked cops that we have. You know, it used to be one thing where a crooked cop was, you know, hey, that guy shook that guy down for money. You know, now it's more or less like a crooked cop is a cop that's killing people, you know, killing us. And they kill us and they don't seem to have any any remorse about doing it. None. None whatsoever. And as far as us being free, we're really not free. It's free ish. <laughs> you might as well say we're free ish. We're free to roam. We're free to roam mm-hmm. until we're looked at as guilty in their eyes. Yep. Guilty until proven innocent. Or in their case, guilty. Kill them. Pretty much. Yeah. That is a topic that can get heated very, very quickly. Everybody has feelings about it. You know, 
Oh, yeah, because it's everybody who has a family is being impacted by it. Mm-hmm. Everyone who is black is losing a family member to something so senseless. Yeah. Something that could have been so simple was blown out of proportion. Yep. Because you made the wrong choice. You made the wrong judgment call. What are you getting trained for? Why are you even a policeman? Like this is they need to do some type of I hear that they do some type of psychological evaluation before you're actually made to be a police officer, but mm, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. Not good enough. Because something is wrong. Something is missing in your training. Because why does this keep happening? This keeps happening because those guys know that they can get off. Those guys know that if they do that sort of thing, their captain has them or the lieutenant or the mayor or whoever it is that's protecting these types of people, these types of people already know that they can get off scot-free. I mean, practically scot-free and continue to do it again and again and again and again. We just have to keep going. We have to keep fighting to be free, completely free, because it starts with the local states. It, it, it starts with our local government and so on and so forth. Before we can get all the way to the presidential slide, the presidential level, we have to start with our home state and make sure that we hold them accountable. We have to make sure that we know our rights. And that's why I talked about uh, the 10 facts of what you can do to fight off or to stop white supremacy. In the first episode, we talked about that. Uh, we can still talk about it again because this is this is something that I'm not really willing to really let up on because it needs to be talked about more and more because if we keep letting stuff slide, then nothing's going to be done about it. Like we just, we can't keep letting that slide. So the last podcast that I talked about, and I'm just going to be really brief about it. Um, I talked about 10 things that you can do to stop white white supremacy like we're doing now speaking out about it speaking about it and demanding the president stop his hateful rhetorical uh policies make sure that we talk uh to talk about different platforms make sure that we uh encourage different platforms social media platforms such as Facebook Twitter YouTube to do the right thing and stop the racism that's endemic to their platforms. And we got to make sure that we demand reform. And so that's pertaining to the No Hate Act. And we got to make sure that everybody knows that we all are welcome. So we have to Join the fight to end family separation, separation, 
and dehumanization of the immigrants. Because, you know, it was a couple of years ago uh, when they were up here trying to separate families and take people back to Mexico or wherever they are. Right. You know, we have to stop that. And just know that you're not alone. So we have to really unite. It's not just black people coming together. As a whole, we have to make sure that we speak out. Because if you choose to be silent, this is one of those things, you either with me or against me or you in the way. This is not something that you can be silent about. Silence is not an option at this point. Right. It never should have been silent. We should have been talking about this a long time ago, but we can't keep silent on it. And I'm not letting up on it. I'm going to keep talking about it until I'm blue in the face. Because this is an opportunity to make sure that something is actually done. Because enough is enough. We have to unite as a whole, as a United States. We have to unite. We have to unite the whole world. This isn't just the United States. Because I believe there's racism everywhere. Yes, there is. The way things are going today, it seems like... People aren't really fighting for equality for everyone. They're fighting for equality almost to say for me and my family or me and my select group of people or me and my friends or us in this region over here. But the only way to make freedom really free for all of us is if you get it over here, you still got to say, hey, that's not enough. We all need it. You know, it's got to be for everybody. It's not just for you and you and you. It's got to be for all of us. Yeah, it it really does. That's why I said it needs to be worldwide. Yep. And I saw, like, I was watching, there's an app called Newsy uh, on my TV, on my Roku TV. And it was showing some of the protests that have been going on in different parts of the world, not just the United States. Right. So... The world is fully aware of everything that's going on in Atlanta, that's going on in California, uh, Kentucky, uh, Minneapolis, all these different places. But like I said, racism is everywhere. It's not just in the United States. It is worldwide. True So we most definitely need to make sure that we band together as a whole and really unify, really take the time to actually unite and not be fake about it because some people are out there just like, oh, that this is wrong or, you know, I'm so sorry he lost his life. But you low key, you are undercover racist. Like you, you want to say that like just to save face, but can you be real about it? Like, can you have some compassion as if that was your family member that you lost and not just say oh, this is wrong, you know, or we kneeling. Like I'm seeing in this article, and I'm not saying that they fake about it, but I'm just saying, you you just never know. Because I've seen it to where people are real to my face and they're fake behind my back. So it's just like, come on now. Everybody needs to tighten up and really show some compassion for humanity as a whole. Yeah. Don't just do it because everybody else is doing it. Doing it, have some empathy for people. 
Have some compassion. Have some real love for people. Because for you to feel like you have to take somebody's life, there is no love in your heart. It can be. Love and hate can't exist at the same time. And I, as I say that, I know I'm human and we all have our flaws. And, but this ain't one of them. This, this is not one for me. I do, I genuinely... I genuinely have a love for people. I have a love for people, for black people as a whole. I love my culture. I love black people as a whole. I I mean, as long as you treat me right, I'm going to treat you right. But we have to work together and actually try to treat people the way you want to be treated. If not, try to treat them better because it's just like, and a lot of this happens because there's, and I know everybody's different. Everybody doesn't have spirituality in their life, but it goes back to that. It really does. Take this whole pandemic. That was an example of how God literally stopped the world. Regardless of whether you believe God or not, he does exist because there's no way that a human being could make this earth, could make the universe. We need God. We need God in our lives. Yeah. Uh, we all are flawed. We need God in our lives. And we need to acknowledge that and try to really love people wholeheartedly, flaws and all. Embrace people. Help each other grow. E-L-E. Everybody love everybody. That's what... The whole world needs. That's what we need in this world. Not just this country. The whole world. We need unity. We need love. I am so excited about starting my very own podcast. And I'm so glad that I finally, after being in Charleston, living here for three years. I'm from Tennessee. Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I'm from, that's my that's my hood, the borough. I'm so glad that I finally was able to connect with people like Jay and CR Phrase, you know, different people starting to meet different people that I can actually connect with, do business with, you know, because it's one thing to have friends, but it's a whole other thing when you have someone that is actually behind you and what you're trying to do that are helping you. Uh, accomplish the goals that you want to accomplish, you know, instead of just talking about it is it's 2020. So it's time to be about it with everything. So uh, I'm happy to have finally started this podcast because this is something that I am very passionate about. This is something that I've held withheld and held in for so long. This is just like my baby. So I'm finally giving birth to my baby. So I am excited about that. I want to make sure that you guys tune in. You can always uh, go to my social media. That's where I'm going to be putting up the link for the podcast. You can go to my Facebook. My Facebook page is Dartisha Danae. Uh, I got to change it to where it's public. But uh, you can always friend request me on Facebook. my Facebook page is Dartisha Danae, and you can always go to TikTok. I, that's my other social media that I'm starting to use. I'm very new 
to TikTok. I don't have a lot of followers on TikTok, but um, I've never been pressed about followers uh, because either way it goes, somebody is going to see it. So make sure you follow my social media. And uh, Jay, don't you have any social media apps? Oh, yeah. Um, if you like to follow Jay Brown, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Studio J. That is S-T-U-D-I-O-J-E-Y, Studio J. And you can find me on Facebook as Jay Brown. That's J-E-Y-B-R-O-W-N. And you can follow me on Twitter at Studio J, which is, again, S-T-U-D-I-O-J-E-Y. Also, I forgot about this. almost forgot about this, but, you know, I also have... The podcast is going to be available to you on the app called Anchor, and it's also available on YouTube. So you can go to YouTube, and it's The Real T, so that's D-A, and it's Real, R-E-A-L, and then T, like we're sipping tea, so T-E-A. So go to The Real T Podcast on YouTube and subscribe. Thank you so much for tuning in.